on last week's Irrevelations. Yeah, so he reigned until he was 68 years old. His son eventually takes over, blah, 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 blah. It was just really important that he kill someone's son who probably didn't even know his great-grandfather. God's like, I don't want to play with him anymore. He's like, you worship the gods of iron and blood now, bitch. Uh, yeah, that's we usually just worship the god of blood and murdering kids, but before we turn to the world, I would like to. I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Are they which are persecuted for righteousness? I believe. I've noticed since we've been doing this podcast that little things have been going wrong in my life, and I think oh, it's Mossad God. agents. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. Well, you know, I mean, I can't disprove you, so I mean, there goes I, my. I like to I like to think that we're kind of an ideological version of like Hamas. Okay, you know? <laughs> I, I was thinking ISIS, but that's fine. It's well, only a matter of time before they blow up a ship in our port. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. I have a lot of fertilizer in my garage. Oh, you know? fantastic. And they're going to be like, they're going to be like, it was his fault. You know, he stored it. We just got to blame Israel, I think. Is, yeah. Is how you do it. Do you ever worry that we're too, you know, okay, here, 100 episodes deep, let's reflect. Okay. Do you ever feel that we're a little anti-Semitic just because we talk so much shit about, you know, this basically the, the Jewish part of the Bible? Uh, do I think we're anti-Semitic? No, I don't. I don't no, I don't. I don't mean that. Do we come off as anti-Semitic? That's what I'm asking. I think no matter. Well, first of all, we're very cynical, shitty people, people. right? Yes. So yeah. no matter what the topic is, obviously we're going to pick out the worst parts and comment on that because that's the kind of people we are. Yeah, uh, I think the Bible is fair game just because of the way it's used to oppress people and minorities and gays and stuff like that. So I don't know if the anti-Semitism were uh, being accused of, not that anyone has or listens to the podcast, but <laughs> if anyone were, I don't know. I, I don't feel that way. I don't know if context matters anymore, but I, don't I feel really like care. because we go, I feel like we're. It's it's all three Abrahamic religions that were kind of right, you know. Allegedly, I mean, well, I think it's also I, I think it's also that uh, you and I like to make fun of racist people and disagree with them, but at the same time, it means we're very familiar with their talking points. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. As much as I dislike it, it is funny sometimes when you find parallels, you know, like. Between, yeah, find a lot of those. between anti-Nazi and anti-Semitic talking points, you know? <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, these, uh, you know, so I, I don't know. Duh. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, ethnic 
focused bloodshed in this book so far, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, if it's a book where... And I think it also comes down to the fact that... Not that it happens to me much anymore now, uh, especially when you're this deep into just criticizing. Not criti- like not criticizing it as in like just insulting it, but critiquing it. When, yeah, you, when yeah. you're reading actual, this book with a critical Actual contextual... Eye. Yeah. We're yeah. not just talking shit. We're doing the work, you know? Yeah. Like actually reading something and saying what we think about it in an object in an attempt to be objective yeah you know i mean essentially what we do you know we 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 speak without reverence so and to me reverence is literally trying to like hush over the stuff the stuff that doesn't make sense or trying to cover up the stuff that's obviously evil and and trying to paint it as a better picture where i think we kind of paint it as fair maybe on the negative side perhaps but to, to that point uh no i don't know i, I never felt that way about it but when it when it's a book about the evils of other people and god killing his own kind and wiping out children and stuff like that it's hard yeah. to be like it, it it's hard to then have people be like oh well that was just god's eternal divine mercy and judgment for the wickeds of israel I'm like well what's their wickedness well they had some poles that he didn't like you know and i'm like i don't like the poles either but I wouldn't yeah. kill someone's kids over it. I like the polls, actually, but yeah. Okay. Like what you're saying. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Just to be clear, I wasn't saying, are we anti Semitic? I was asking, do you think if we were, let's say, popular, which again, I don't think we ever have to worry about. Right. But if we were, do you happen. think we would be, air quotes, it, in the same way that like Elon Omar is anti Semitic? Uh, you know? Well, I mean, like, in, oh. in the same way that, like, gentrification is racist, or in the same way that... Uh, well, gentrification can be racist. Probably. But, <laughs> like, like you know, but, like, the act of... There, there are certain things that just, in my opinion, are natural. Like, not, not to drag gentrification too much into it. But, you know, the idea yeah. of, like, people moving out, investors buying it, making it nice, and then the poor people who used to live in that neighborhood can no longer afford to live in that neighborhood. That is... A capitalist thing it isn't necessarily racism even though it disproportionately affects minorities you know so okay. it can yeah, see now we're now we're actually going to have an argument <laughs> <laughs> well whatever my, my point is like like when they're like oh if you criticize israel or you criticize the bible yeah, yeah, naturally yeah. you're anti-semitic and i'm like well no we're not we don't give a shit about race color creed whatever i don't care i don't care about anything i'm a sociopath but you know it's not it's not it's not geared at a like it's not like we're targeting people this is just the bible and it's an inherently wicked book and if you base your life choice then fuck you it's not really an anti-semitic it's a anti-bible anti-abrahamic everything bullshit you know but i still like to think though that if we were popular this would get us canceled You know, like we wouldn't be able to hold a job or anything. It'll be a catch twenty two where we, we're technically currently canceled because who gives a shit about what we do? <laughs> we haven't gotten popular enough to be canceled. Yeah, and if we do, hopefully we'll have enough money off of the show, right. and it doesn't matter. That won't happen, but yeah, that's I mean, like the dream. At, at some point, we'll get enough followers that we'll lose all our followers, and that's the dream. That's the yeah. The yeah. Natural well, cycle. I'm just saying. If if we had enough followers for us to be canceled, it wouldn't be a problem, you know. Kind of fixes itself, right? It's like course a, corrects. Yeah. By that, yeah. I mean honestly, and this is a warning to anyone trying to cancel us. If anyone does try to cancel us, the first thing I'm going to do is start a cult that then yeah. starts forcibly canceling others. Yeah. They're, it's the it's the same uh, violently. 
it's the same balance as you see in like owning weapons. Sure. Like if you own enough weapons for the to be on the ATF's radar, then you can kill a lot of them. Right. It's like the Clive yeah. and Bundy situation. You know, at some point you yeah. hit this critical mass. You're like, no, what? We are fighting the feds. You know, yeah. you're like, all right. And then, and then, what's funny is that Clive and Bundy arming himself to fight the feds. That was fine. The second he said that yeah. black people were better under slavery, that was the bridge too far. That was when they. That's when people were like, oh, hold on, we can't support this. The yeah. armed insurrection against the government. That's cool. I mean. I agree with that. Yeah. Don't you? <laughs> they were better under slavery? No, I don't. No, <laughs> no, Jesus Christ. Jesus I agree. fucking Christ, I, Grant. No, I agree that I don't care about him being armed. Okay, I just care about him being racist. I care about his racism. Yeah, like, I don't want the guy with, I don't want the racist guy to have all the guns. Yeah, well, that's why you got to But if he's though. cool, then yeah, yeah, have guns. Right. You know? I guess. But this is a weird opener, but we're 100 deep. You know, so I want to spend this time reflecting back a little bit more. Well, it's good right? that we just, so, in, in a couple of sentences, pretty much covered up all our, okay, we're anti-racist, we're pro-gun. We're not racist. We do, we're cool with most guns. I cool uh, all guns. Oh, yeah? Armed children. All guns matter? All guns matter. Armed children. Okay. Jesus. Uh, Have them defend themselves at the school. I, I guarantee you, school <laughs> shootings would drop to nothing if every kid just got an AR-15. <laughs> There would be a school shooting every 35 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Okay, that's not important. We're not go- you're not I can imagine it. The- uh, yeah, well, of course. 100 episodes, let's talk. Sure. What and and I want you to dig deep here and I didn't ask you to prep for this, so it's not perfect. Fair. But what did you learn so far? From the Bible? Nearly 2 years in. Uh you know what? I like our podcast. I like that it exists. I like just having this knowledge base. It's not good for anybody, but it, no. it has become one of those things where it, it does kind of uh, arm you, I guess. I don't know. Like, especially coming up in election season, the amount of people quoting the Bible again in defense of yeah. Trump, you know, and, and you know, like, you know, it. a lot of those things exist on the ignorance of what exactly is going on in here. And two years in, I, I remember coming into the Bible two years ago or whatever the fuck when that was, episode one. And I was like, oh, let's give it a shot. I don't really know what I'm into. And now I've just become so jaded. Like, oh, what's this shit? What's this new chapter? Uh, See, I'm, I'm almost getting the reverse uh-huh. in that the more I read the Bible, the more I'm like, actually, yeah, Trump is kind of a good Christian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he's. I, I think that's one of the ironies is that, uh, as we've mentioned before, I think we started this podcast kind of just out of disgust for the evangelicals who supported Trump. You know, like sure. the kind of guy that uh, ch- raw dogs a couple of porn stars while his third wife is pregnant with their child, and then uses I mean, campaign campaign yeah. finances to pay for an abortion. That's your chosen one. That's your anointed God. That's the that's yeah. Christ in the White House. What the fuck is going on? And then yeah, you read the Bible, and you're like, okay, well, there's actually kind of some historical precedents. What not not that they would agree with us, no. but we agree with them. You know? Yeah, it's the, it's that. Of course, if they were to. Uh, to understand the tact that I'm taking when I say this, they would get upset. But, yeah. I mean, Trump is basically would have been a great king, I think. Yeah, you know? he would have been a fine king. He would have been a normal king of Israel. Sure, I guess not great. But he would have been almost David. I mean, he's very Davidian. Right. You know? yeah, he's a Davidian man. He fucks where he wants. He shits on yep. himself. 
has people killed says they knew what they signed up for, right? Uriah knew what right. he signed up for right. under David. Knew what he signed up for. Probably both of them raped children. Yeah. Um, the only difference is, I guess, David actually did fight at one point, which isn't really a Trump <laughs> thing. Well, I think in the modern era, picking a Twitter beef with uh, Greta Van Thunberg is... Is is like fighting the Palestine Palestinians or the Canaanites or whatever. I like that you threw the, the Philistines. Van in there. Like her name is just Greta Thunberg. Is it? I don't know where the is it not Von Thunberg. Well, no. There's like Greta Von Fleet is like the I don't, uh, know. I don't know is the that's how Led Zeppelin ripoff band now. Oh, great. Anyways, but you know um, what I mean. Like I I think I think picking fights on Twitter is probably equivalent to David uh, defending Israel against the Philistines. That's what they are. These cancel yeah. cultural, these cancel culture Philistines, yeah, yeah and the POC true. police. Who's Goliath in this metaphor? Uh, the the lady who wrote Girls, <laughs> Lita Dunham is the Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, it is wild though. Hundred eps. Yeah, hundred of us. Moving on strong, getting through Kings. I fucking hate this book choking it down uh it's like do you know what this reminds me of is like imagine if you had to uh drink a can of green beans mm. like how that would make you feel that's how i feel about this it every is day. slippery i mean i remember thinking deuteronomy was boring and numbers and leviticus and I'm like okay we're getting to some really yeah. dumb shit and i and i think kings is worse i think kings is less interesting but I, I, I get so. What's the point of this? Well, I mean, still, like we're through. We always talk about what the point of this. I, I feel like, I feel like thinking back to like some of our early episodes. I remember thinking that like I was expecting more parable and more yeah. like analogy and more like what is life the, guidance? Yeah, what is the Bible telling us about this? But I guess this part's legitimately just supposed to be a history of explanation of how God would go to all this effort to create a nation of Israel and then just watch from the sidelines as they eat themselves yeah i think it's twofold in that partially it's supposed to serve as a history right Uh but then also they kind of infuse the history with like lessons you know or they try to um people are still punished for being wicked and blah 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 like it tries to it tries to keep alive this idea that you know god hold sway over things even though it's becoming more and more apparent that this is just a normal ass history you know and so things are just happening happening arbitrarily to the israelites and so they're kind of having to cast lights onto things to like make it appear as if it's for a reason you know i i guess i mean you could just tell you you just know that in assyria and syria that they're yeah. having the exact same stories, just with different gods. They're like, oh, and then oh, yeah. Baal helped us fight off those filthy Hebes, you know? And they're like, hey, we did it, you know? And and then anytime one of them dies or gets cancer or leprosy, they're like, oh, that's because we didn't sacrifice enough kids. At least we're better yeah. than Israel or whatever. At least we can. Yeah. At least we can easily kick the shit out of those guys or take a bribe. Yeah, and I think this episode we actually get into some good stuff about that, about like the different gods and what have you. And and so I guess with that. Uh, Let's kick it off. You're listening to Revelations Podcast. We're reading the Bible so you don't have to. I'm Grant DeVoist. And I'm Cole Deluski. And we're on the big episode 100. The century. You get it? People said we would, couldn't do this, but we did. I said we couldn't do this. Well, I said we wouldn't do this. I said, I'm yeah. going to get bored. I'm going to quit. But somehow I found the kind of time management skills where I sit through this bullshit. Yeah. 
and and now especially in the in the depth of covid with our lowest audience numbers of all time mm-hmm. right i don't even we're still doing it, it. <laughs> we're you still doing care. it we don't care but yeah. i don't check as often anymore because it's really depressing but yeah you know fuck you guys get a find a reason to drive around to right. listen to us right you don't have to have a job i don't care if you're fucking homeless <laughs> And I'm not you know? suggesting you do this, but you could drive around and smash mailboxes that contain votes. <laughs> I'm not at you all could. suggesting that you do that, but you could. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> and so, where are we at right now? We're at um, 2 Kings chapter 17? 17, yeah. Let's do it. Insane to me that this book just keeps going. Like, I, it feels like the longest one so far. Like, I don't want to sound anti-Semitic. I just wish that... <laughs> you, know, you said it wrong, this so that's good. nation would have been crushed a lot earlier, so we don't have to read all this bullshit. Like, can't the Assyrians just come in there and wipe them up, you know? Actually, now that you mentioned it, <laughs> they might do that. So, okay, what's happening now? We are on a new, and I'm going to spoiler alert you here a little bit, a new and final king. Oh, nice. Of Israel. So, Israel is on to the last king that they will ever see as an independent nation. Now, keep in mind, Israel is not the same as Judah, which I think it's kind of funny, right? That the modern country is Israel. I feel like it should be called Judah. Uh, what, crazy? what you mean like that we call the place Israel as opposed to Judah? I mean, yeah. it, it makes sense in the sense that the... It is the nation of Israel and the tribe of Judah. It wouldn't make sense to name the entire country after a sub-tribe. But, t- but technically, Israel okay. has had their ass kicked, and like Judah's what's left. Well, yeah. We'll talk about this more at the end of the episode, I guess. But my feeling is that there isn't really an Israel anymore anyway. But we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So, what's happening? Uh, king Ahaz is still the king of Judah. Uh, Hosea has recently taken over as the king of Israel. So he's up in Samaria. And uh, things aren't going so hot, right? We've kind of had... We're on skid row, if you will. It's, uh... Yeah, between the Syrians and the Assyrians, Israel is just feeling a lot of pressure and conquest and war that they can no longer really defend themselves with. So they just keep getting weaker and weaker. And I think we're waiting for that final blow where one of them kicks the shit out of them. But Assyria seems to be much more powerful than any other nation they fought yet. And a big part of it is that they're infighting as well, right? So Israel was teaming up with Syria to fight Judah at one point, which that's not good, right? You got to keep that shit in your family. If you're going to have interfamilial or intrafamilial uh, wars, you can't be bringing in the neighbors. Right. That gets weird. This would be like... You can't undo that, you know? Yeah, this would be like the Crips... Uh, getting with the CIA to fight the Bloods. And it's like, you guys yeah, really fuck? should be joined together to fight the FBI. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. So, very disturbing. And probably what really rang the death knell, I think, for the Israelites. I guess. Yeah, it's a nation divided. Yeah. It's like, so, it's, it's, it's funny, because uh, dividing the nation is exactly what Soros is doing to us now. Oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about Israel's current apartheid state. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> no, I was just trying. To, I was trying to be terrible, but not that you want, bad. You but want yeah. more? You want more uh, QAnon? Right. Cool. 
Where do you think they learned it? <laughs> okay, so um, what's happening? Like I said, Hosea is now the king of Israel. If you remember, he is a piece of shit, conspirer type. Uh, he rose to uh, kingship through murder, which actually has been the case for a lot of Israelite kings of late. Um, he killed his way there, so he has no lineage that he's a part of. He's not, you know, like uh, Jehu's tribe or any or clan or any of that shit. He's his own thing. His dad's name is Elah. We know that, but that guy's a nobody. He just sort of killed his way into the into the throne, which is cool. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, it's the uh, Israeli dream. That you, it's no more or less legitimate than any other way to attain a throne. I mean, I guess. at this point, yeah, it's not like anyone's anointed by God anymore, or anyone cares, or what have well, you. I mean, in real life, even like today, like even a couple hundred years ago, who the fuck the Windsors? Fuck off! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Yeah, you're right. So, okay, he's doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. But let me tell you something: not just regular evil. He's doing evil not like the kings of Israel who preceded him. Do you know what that means? I couldn't figure it out. Well, I think it explains it later that it's now more evil in the sense that at least the kings prior, while they might have worshipped other gods, it was facets of Semitism. You know, it was bulls or it was the Asherah poles or that kind of stuff. Whereas we've been very clear that the Canaanite gods, the Baals and the the, the, the Moloch's and shit, were always like, but just to be clear, those are not gray territory. Those are strictly evil gods. And I think it's going to mention later, I think in reference to other kings, that that's really what's going on. Is that we're, we're now in the final levels of Israel's descent into sin. And part of that means like just straight up worshiping evil gods and quote unquote demons yeah. or it's kind of like uh, a Baptist Methodist thing. Like, let's say you go from the Baptist church to the Methodist church in your small southern town, mm-hmm. and they're like, "All right, well, we don't sprinkle babies over here, but yeah, you basically got it down." And you're like, "Also, we shouldn't be allowed to drink coffee." And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, right, all right, Mormon." So yeah, th- it, th- basically, this guy I guess has gone a bridge too far, and we're going to kind of get into the sins that uh, led to the downfall. But it doesn't so much for me connect those sins to him. It, it seems more like broad strokes against Israel. I don't know. Um, maybe. But yeah, may, maybe Maybe we'll right. cover it in Chronicles. But anyway, the point is, is that Assyria, sensing weakness or whatever, just Assyria being Assyria, uh, goes to war. And I guess it, it's really weird because it's just the one line. Really? But basically, yeah. Shalamaneser, king of Assyria, goes to war against Hosea and made Hosea his vassal. So in like one sense, like, oh, by the way, Israel now serves Assyria. Like, in case you were wondering. Yeah. And not by like uh, saying, oh, hey, yeah, we'll pay you tribute, but by force. And in fact, it says that uh, the king of Assyria even put him in prison. Well, it the, the context there is so Assyria wars against Israel, makes yeah. them a vassal state. Hosea tries to form a conspiracy to kill that king. The king of Assyria finds out and then as punishment captures Hosea. So it's a real yeah. spanking on Israel. Israel is just getting dabbed on at this point. Yeah, yeah. And apparently it has to do with Egypt as well. So uh, the Assyrian king um, heard his name is Shalmaneser, which is actually a pretty sweet name. He was uh, sending envoys to Egypt and, and kind of found out that Israel was trying to pull some shit on him is the gist of it and uh nipped that right in the bud puts him in prison 
Um, so the king of Syria then invades the land. So after, he basically, I don't know really how the timeline lays out because you know how the Bible is, but at some point, Hosea ends up in prison. And at some point, Shalmaneser sends the Assyrian army in, invades Israel, and just fucks the whole place up. He lays siege to Samaria for three years. Now, remember, uh, we kind of saw a siege earlier, I think in this book, maybe in First Kings, but I think in Second Kings. I don't know if it was, where, I think it was three years, too, where they were eating bird shit. Like that's yeah, how. that fucking sucks. Yeah. So they're doing that again. So we're not going to get into any of that details this time, but just remember how nasty a siege would have been at this point, right? Especially in these fucking desert areas. It's not like there's going to be rainwater to collect regularly. Like, they're fucked. They're eating bird shit. They're uh, boiling their children, what have you, right? That's what happened last time. I'm assuming they're having to boil their kids again. Let's hope. Uh, which is cool, but I don't want to. I don't want to eat my kids. Uh, yeah. If I had a choice in the say in the matter. Right. So it's getting nasty for the Israelites. Um, he basically ends up capturing the place and then he deports all of the Israelites into like Assyria, which is enormous. So Assyria is like Iraq, parts of Turkey, the Levant, stretching up through Syria, Jordan, everywhere. Um, it's a real fucking empire. And so he kind of deports them uh, mostly into like northeastern Syria is what I was able to gather, kind of looking at maps and where they think old old cities were. Mm-hmm. Did you look at that at all? Uh, I, no, my map shows kind of the general area. I mean, uh, Damascus is pretty far north. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't really say where he took them. Uh, well, Halal and Habar and the yeah. river of Gozon, the city of Medes. Um, yeah. Again, these places, it's all guesstimates, but it, it looks like it's northeast Syria. So kind of a lot of where like the uh, Civil War shit's going on right now. Um, so all this took place, the Bible tells us, because Israel had sinned. So the Bible now digresses into what it is. And it's very, again, timelines in this. Don't read this, guys. I know we say that a lot. <sighs> don't read this. We're going to break this down for you. But it, it, it cuts away from the, the timeline and kind of just recaps all the different sins Israel has done that earned them this. So it's kind of funny to me. And, you know, I was talking earlier about how now this is just a history and they're projecting their uh, beliefs and shit onto it so that it makes sense. Well, I could imagine because, I mean, this is written during a captivity period, allegedly. Yeah. So I could sure. imagine you're like trying to explain why your life sucks so bad. And they're like, oh, yeah. no, don't worry. We have an almighty, all-powerful God who looks after us. And you're like, okay, so we have an almighty, all-powerful God looking after us. Why does our lives suck so bad? And why is everyone more powerful and more better than us, you know? And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, but, oh, yeah, because, like, 200 years ago, some guy had some poles up and uh, had an altar that was bronze instead of copper. And can't have that, you know? Yeah, I think humans uh, desperately desire to have a just world, right? Where things make sense, where things happen for a reason. And so that's kind of what this is. You know, they're, they're filling it. They're filling in the ad libs, ad lib sort of history to, to make it make sense. So, but to, to sum up this period, just so you understand, Israel is being wicked. Israel, the, the nation of Israel, distinct from Judah, even though they're both pretty much shit, uh, is being wicked. Assyria either is sent by God or God's just ignoring them. It doesn't really matter uh, and comes to wipe them out and, and drag them away to captivity and enslave them. Um, 
it says that God testified against Israel and against Judah by all of his prophets and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the laws which I command your fathers, which I sent to you by my servants and the prophets. So, it's I mean, not to look at it too cynically, but the Bible is saying that God is like, hey, I sent prophets. I told you to, you know, I said, yeah. don't do it. Stop. And you guys keep doing it. So if you want to get enslaved for it, that ain't my fucking deal, bro. Yeah. And and he has, uh, in God's defense, there has been a whole string of prophets. A lot of times it didn't focus on these sins because I think they were so commonplace, but they were always kind of a, like a background murmur. You know, every time that we got introduced to a new Israelite king, it made sure to remind us that, yeah, this is a new king, but the same shit's going on, right? Uh, he's still committing the sin of uh, Jeroboam, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, and, uh, and the Bible states that, you know, he... God goes to all this effort to tell these uh, Israelites, hey, stop being such shits. And they're like, no, 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 we're stubborn. We like this shit. Uh, And they followed idols, became idolaters, uh, did witchcraft, made wooden images, fucking served Baal, sacrificed their children. So, I mean, let's be honest. Honestly, the funnest shit. Yeah. I mean, they deserve to be God, but yeah, but still fun. Yeah. Still a good time. At least they, you know what? They're not here for a long time, but they're here for a good time. So uh, that's basically what the next few verses are about, right? They're listing off all these sins, um, not observing his decrees. Um, they were stiff-necked as their ancestors who did not trust in the Lord. Uh, they followed these worthless idols, blah, 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 blah. Imitating, here's, the, I think, the biggest sin of all. Imitating the nations around them. You know, being like foreigners. Right. Yuck. That's why you got to keep your kids away from the kids on the wrong side of the tracks, lest they, you know. Well, that's why whenever we came to America, we made those like really cool schools and put all the Native Americans into it to help them become Christians. Right. Exactly. So that we wouldn't accidentally become like animists or whatever. (laughs) Magi. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so God has Assyria rip the Israelites away and repopulate the land with the Syrians or whatever, which I guess is what God wants. I, it's kind of one of those things that's weird that God's like, yeah, fine. I'm so sick of these Jews acting like Assyrians. I'm going to remove the Jews and just put in normal Assyrians. <laughs> That'll yeah. teach me. It, it's funny because as I was reading this, I was thinking that this was all talking about things happening under Hosea, but you get to the end of this kind of rant against the Israelites in what, like chapter or verse 21. And it's like, yeah. So anyways, they made Jeroboam son of Nebat their king. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That happened like fucking 400 years ago, 500 years. What ago. is that? So this is a, it made it. That's when it clicked for me that this wasn't just something that are doing wrong. Now it's talking about, I don't know what 20 generations or whatever. I guess the summary of like, Hey, this, you know, I tried to help you. You guys wouldn't do it. You're evil. Even though I anointed those people and put them in charge and made all this happen. But by the way, that's why you're all destroyed. Yeah. So as Cole alluded to what God allows to happen, (laughs) uh, is the Assyrians then replace the Jewish population that they exiled from their own country, from Israel uh, from Samaria with basically other Assyrian tributaries. So they take the Babylonians, the Kuthathians, Avians, Hamathians, the Sephavarvim, mm-hmm. and they settle them all in Samaria, replacing the Israelites, right? So it's, I guess that's probably like a good strategy. It's like a reverse gentrification? 
Yeah, well, like... You, you remove take, the, the homogenous people that you just bring in a mixed group in and let them populate yeah. it. Yeah. It, it stops them from being able to re- revolt, right? They're all mixed. They're not in their home country, so they're not, like, uh, you know, on their ground. They don't have their home home field advantage, and they're they're all mixed together. These are uh, those groups of people I just listed, largely modern-day Iraq, right? So they're, they're taking people out of the deep desert and bringing them over to Israel, you know, uh, put them in, like, the hill country, if you will. So it, it's uh, just kind of shuffling around your different tributary states and making sure that uh, they don't have really their feet under them to revolt, I guess. And unfortunately, all these uh, non-Semites didn't worship yeah. God, so God sent lions into them, <laughs> which killed some of them. Which I, I this is let's get into it. This is fascinating. <laughs> this is the, one of the most fascinating parts in the Bible yet. Actually, this, there's a nugget of true insanity in this in this episode in that the Bible seems to openly admit that because these people these people were fine wherever they lived, right? Right. Pouring it up, I don't know, being bad. Sacrificing people, not, kids, having a grand old time. Yeah, they're fine. But then when they come to God's country, Israel, this tiny sliver of land of the earth, mm-hmm. right? This fucking minuscule piece of land that when they come there, that's when they start getting punished. As though, quite literally, that's where God lives. Okay. Right. The God, the great God that Christians now worship as like the creator of the universe. This kind of confines him to just Israel and saying, okay, now that these people who were sinners moved into the holy land, now they can't kill their children. Now they can't do all these horrible things because that's they're not with their gods anymore. They're with our God now. And their gods were real and live in Babylon and live in fucking Sepharvim. Right. But now they're in our country. And so the Assyrian king is like shuffling around these peoples. And then he sets this group of like Iraqi fucking A mixed peasants. race group, yeah. Yeah, in Israel. And, like, suddenly lions are springing up out of the fucking earth and eating all the people. Well, some of them. And, a, a small well, proportion of people, probably probably about the same uh, levels of lethality as, like, COVID. Like, 0.1% are that's just too getting many. lions. That's They're too- like, well, guys, we got we to gotta make drastic changes. There's a lion outbreak. Shut now, down the, the economy. He, he's a smart man. I'm guessing he's dealt with this elsewhere. He's dealt with this. We're like, things are going wrong, and you're like, well, we got to appease the local gods. And in this case... The local gods are the god, right? The one you, the one that your fucking phone auto capitalizes, now, <laughs> right? So he sit, he basically goes over to where he sent the Israelites, and he's like, "All right, give me one of your fucking uh, prophets, whatever, one of you, these guys, because I got to take them back to Israel." And make him fix this fucking lion outbreak. It is kind of a, like a funny thing where like the king of Assyria is like, well, fuck, we got lions. We know this is where their Jew god lives. So <laughs> yeah. we got to find some way of appeasing him to kind of put the lions at bay. It, it, it's like a, the way a mechanic would approach a problem. Like, what do we need? We need yeah. more oil. Okay, let's go. It really is. It's beautiful. It's it's insane. It gives you a real, I think, lens into what this, like the philosophy of the time. Well, you know, of like... Uh, how you would attribute things. Well, to me, it almost seems like, you know, the jokey way people, like the jokey way Christians treat pagans. 
you know, or like superstition. They're like, oh, I have to howl at the moon to appease whatever this god. And you're like, yeah. what a joke. That's not how gods actually would work. You obviously have to like go to your room and say nice things and then punish poor people in, in you know in your legislation yeah. and stuff. That's how you do it. That's how you become a Christian. But you have to make abortion illegal. Yeah, you got to vilify gays and then throw rocks at children. That's what you do. You know, or you get another Hurricane Katrina if you don't. Yeah, or and then and then once a week you put on polos and slacks and you and you pat yourself on the back. But that's that's what you do. But the idea that like God is someone who could be appeased, or you just got to get a guy that knows how to read the manual, and they're just like they just grab a prophet, but like, go go to Israel, whatever the problem is, just fix it. You know, this isn't my first rodeo. Yeah. So the Assyrian king, like Cole just said, is prepared for this. He snatches up one of the priests out of. Uh, wherever he in Syria, wherever he settled the Israelites that were just kicked out of their country. It's kind of funny too. Cause it's like, it's like if you, uh, if you got evicted from your apartment, but you had lived there so long that you were really good at like fixing this problem with the sink. <laughs> and so then your old landlord, like come and find you three States over. And he's like, Hey, uh, I know we didn't really end on good terms, but, uh, I'm having that problem with the sink. <laughs> <laughs> you just come in and fix it. He's a contractor. Like, Whatever. Thing. You're like, well, you have a gun that you're pointing there, at me, so yeah, I guess. There's a lot of and, – and, and this is one of those things that we struggle with in the podcast, and now 100 episodes deep, it's, it's become a motif. But it, it is kind of pointless, in my opinion, to try to, like, argue the ph- philosophy of this book or try to tie it down to something consistent. I, I, I think the only way you can understand the Bible is really just to go, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Don't worry about yeah. trying to make sense of it. You'll cook your noggin – Trying to explain why God all of a sudden cares about, like, the whole, like, the idea that God created all of mankind and then for whatever reason chose one fucking guy and then chose one fucking area where that's the only place he cares about and is largely ignorant of everything else. If you were to take that with a modern lens, you go, oh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, yeah, it doesn't make any sense that God, all he cares about, the entire planet exists. There's a bunch of Inuits cooking seal and they have no concept of him right now. And then he, yeah. he's like, oh, no, hold on. These guys fighting over wine and wheat and olive trees over fucking nothing. And they're not even worth my time. That's what I care about. This is who I'm yeah. all involved with, you know. And modern day Christians love to be like, oh, well, you know, even if you're part of a tribe in the Amazon that's never heard of God, you can still, like, know him personally and figure out and accept no, him. No, God doesn't give like, a shit about those people. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Very openly does not. Like, their their tr- attempts to uh, bring their current morality into this story are hilarious, Yeah, I think. When but, even whatever. this chapter kind of just points out that God doesn't give a shit about them anyway unless they come onto his yard. I Like, yeah. God in this chapter is like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino where he's just got his <laughs> tiny little house where things are orderly and then a bunch of Asians move in the neighborhood. He's like, fuck. Now I gotta be... <laughs> now I gotta... Now I gotta, now I gotta be, clean up them yeah. streets. But, and then the other irony is that these aren't Jews. These aren't his chosen people. These are... Uh, I don't know, not filthy non- Iraqis. Filthy Iraqis, and they yeah. come in, and he's punishing them, and then they bring in a priest who teaches them how to fear God, and God's okay with it. Which sort of goes to the argument, like, why didn't he do that with the Egyptians? Why didn't he do that with yep. any of the other people that they keep? So all of a sudden, now it's okay to teach outsiders the way of God, and they're spared. Yeah. So that's what happened. Uh- as Cole just alluded to, that's what happens. The priest comes in. He teaches them how to do Jew stuff. Right. Right. 
So he explains to them how to do sacrifices, blah, 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 blah. How to all the fucking rules that we've spent the last two years reading about, right? He lays them out. He says, you can't do this. You can't eat that. You got to get all the blood out of the corpse before you cook it. You got you can't sacrifice your children anymore. But, of course, being a group of people, they continue doing what they want. So they, they, they yes, they take on the new Israelite functions to appease God and stop the random mountain lion attacks or whatever. <laughs> but they keep worshiping their own gods that in several of the towns uh, where they were settled, they're setting up shrines to like these, uh, you know, wherever desert gods that they had, um, it, which why wouldn't they, you know, that's your fucking, yeah, character. I don't know. And it's not like, it's not like the God of Israel is so fucking hot right now. If I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, you guys got to worship this God because he can send some lions that'll kill some people. That's, that's, that's the majesty. That's the grand power. That's the, yeah. that's the miracle that this God, like, Hey guys, be aware. We have to like, uh, it, it's the equivalent of like teaching people how to put masks on to fight COVID. There's a small yeah. threat. That affects a certain subsect of the population. We all got to play ball, otherwise it's gonna get. Yeah, bigger. imagine if instead of put, imagine if instead of just putting a mask on, the way to fight COVID was like, uh, you know, all the fucking crazy rules that we've read so Maybe far. Maybe right? it you is can't, though. Maybe the way to fight COVID is we all just got to come to this Bible, you guys. Yeah, well, it's well, possible. I guess you could. You could probably make a billion dollars but it, uh, is, it is kind of one of those things that if you took a minute to think about what we've talked about in the bible thus far you know we've had groups of people the gideons the uh or i think the gibeons as well uh and a couple of sm- gibeonites gibeonites yeah. sub 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 some subsections of people who were yeah. absorbed by the Israelites and taught the way of God. And like, all right, you guys are fine now. You know, we had some yeah. Kenites. We had some Midianites here and there. We had the, the family of Moses, people like that who are brought in. And then it feels like God was like, okay, no more of that. I'm going to create my own nation where we are Israelites and we're going to defeat all the other nations. And then all the other nations just went in there and kicked God's ass. Yeah, instantly. It's- like. In, in in terms of history, it happened instantly. You know, they they sucked. Yeah, they they um, had a small little fun little state. They had a they had a big nation for a while, and now now a bunch of Assyrians are now populating the place. It, yeah, they never killed anyone outside their own little uh, stolen borders. Let's let's face it, uh, they stole this country. Right. All right. Yeah. So they stole it from and by their own book. I don't think that actually happened. I like the the theory we had talked about in the past about how. It was more of like an internal revolution that that spawned Judaism. Well, I mean, it would have made sense for the time, like just like the Assyrians or the Syrians. A group of people get some advantage. They yeah. they're aligned by certain languages and religious practices, and they expand and then they contract. Yeah. So, uh, as we were saying, but it is kind of funny. How long has this nation of Israel even lasted? Is it about I want to say like eight hundred years? Yeah, a thousand or so. Okay. That's a long ass time. It's a long ass time, I guess. But like when Britain's doing better, but you know, like when when like the nation of Israel's is like, yeah, but it was our land first. Well, kinda. Yeah, eh. you, you, you greased up a rock. You went to Israel, became slave, or sorry, Egypt became slaves. Showed up, had a couple of wars, and then Assyria kicked your ass. Yeah, before that, they were from Iraq, right? Wasn't that where Abraham was from? Uh, no, Abraham was from like Turkey. He's from the far north. Well, you're wrong. But we don't have to do that right now. <laughs> no, so, no. Abraham came from the north. Him and his father. 
he but he came from the east by way of the north but again that's neither here nor there i'm gonna leave this vaguely where it sounds like i'm right okay we're just <laughs> you're wrong it, they specifically name what town abraham's father was and his his yeah it was to the east no, it wasn't so like uh the point is that all these filthy desert people are still worshiping their own gods it's so far to say that that uh the people of Sepharvite, the Sepharvites, gotta love that name. They were still burning their children as sacrifices to Adrimelech, which, by the way, is a sweet fucking name for a like demon god. And in fact, uh, it's funny. A lot of these gods that are listening here kind of work their way into uh, like Judaic lore as demons. So, like, they're known as demons now when they're really just like the local gods of like. It, it is kind of a tribe. weird because like you're talking about like Moloch and Baal and these become i mean for whatever they're worth they're just mentioned or maintained and, and then maybe they're just people's gods yeah yeah uh, by the way you are right technically they <laughs> came from ur near the persian gulf yeah. up the tigris or up the euphrates to haran in turkey and then down south into shechem and Bethel. and that's in genesis or whatever so honestly hilarious that you thought you were gonna <laughs> well they are from the north they're from haran that's where abraham's from his yeah, dad is right. from ur near the okay. persian Gulf. that's what i said right from the north by way of the east we're both yeah, right. right we'll we'll kiss later <laughs> um okay <We> so <laughs> so these guys are still worshiping the gods of the nations following the customs of the nations they came from but also sprinkling in a little bit of israelite tradition so, you know, melting pot, real America. Yeah, a, a, a mixed group of people living in harmony, and there's just God, this angry guy in his porch, being like, I don't like the way this neighborhood is getting. I liked yeah. it when it was all just one kind of people, and now there's different groups of people coming in and instituting non-Sharian law. I'm going to have to yeah. come kick their ass. And then the mayor moves him into a nursing home. <laughs> That's it's basically what the yeah. did to Israelites. Yeah. So, yeah, basically they're continuing to do what they want. It says to this day they persist in their former practices. Um, so I guess up to into the the um, Israelite uh, exile as they're writing this, these these peoples are still kind of in charge of the land. It, it I, I almost would say that the analogy because the the way the Bible describes this is like a message of warning and shame. That you guys were so shitty at worshiping God that now a bunch of filthy Iraqis have come in and they don't even worship God. They're just having their siestas and they're cooking their meat in tinfoil and they're just walking around in their pinatas or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the Mesopotamian is instead of a pinata is and they just fucked up the whole place. And if we had yeah. just kept our wasp roots, we would have been, been able to maintain it. But now they're white trash and they're getting kicked out. Have that I is summed it up? <laughs> yeah, I did. You I summed it, it up. There you go. And, the, and for the rest of this chapter, that's what it is. It's a rant saying, all you guys had to do was follow this incredibly complex, horrible list of rules that I laid down over the course of centuries that is often self-defeating and contradictory. All you had to do was devote every moment of your life to worshiping me, even though I treat you like shit. And you'd be fine. Yeah. What's the deal? And now you've got mixed yeah. races, everybody. Boo. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo this God. No, it's, it's insane that uh, that they're pointing to basically a few kings not being great. Right? A few kings allowing a couple poles in, blah, 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 blah. And uh, that's how God justifies 
everything going fucking tits up. Right. It's like it's like okay, you used to be southern slave owners, and then after generations and generations, you gambled and drank away all your money, and now a bunch of Chinese people are buying up the area and turning into condos. Like Railroads. all you had yeah. to do was hold on to the power you had, and you fucked it up. Yeah. So they're explaining why the exile happened, right? They're making it fit into their worldview. And that's the end of 17. Um, We keep on rolling into 18? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, let's meet a new king of Judah. Now, we were very uh, macro-focused on that last chapter. Let's zoom in a little bit. So, in the third year of Hosea, the king of Israel, who is about to lose the kingdom of Israel... Um, Hezekiah, Ahaz's son, becomes the king. He's 25 years old when he takes over, and we know that he is going to rule in Jerusalem for 29 years. So until he's like, what, 54? Good long time. Yeah. Um, he did. Okay, brace yourselves, everyone, because I'm not going to say that's a lot in this Bible. He did right in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah, I said it. So he takes out the high places. He smashes the sacred stones. He cuts down the Ashara poles. He even goes so far as to find that old bronze snake that Moses made a thousand years ago that somehow is, air quotes, still around, and breaks that bronze snake to pieces. Now, you remember the snake is from when God cursed the Israelites by having snakes pop out out of nowhere like a bunch of goddamn lions, (laughs) and they're getting poisoned, bitten by snakes, and Moses makes a bronze snake on a pole holds it up if you look at it the poison doesn't hurt you i mean you're still getting fucking it's a weird fucking story yeah because like yeah the whole point was that god sent down snakes they're biting everybody moses makes a snake that you have to be physically looking at for it to have any power over you and he's just been hanging on to it or i guess israel's been hanging on to it and at this point it's been which i understand the whole point is that the snake is supposed to ward it's off magic. it's a magic snake that wards off illness yeah and people have been like paying homage to it and worshiping it and naming it and shit no hushtan and which uh, is hilarious so god is like no it's become an idol well you fucking made it dude yeah like I don't know. what did you expect I don't now know. he's all butthurt but anyway so he they smash that which is fine whatever yeah hezekiah breaks it he he takes down everything that could be construed uh, reasonably to be an idol, um, to be a uh, altar to another god, not him. Even to him, even to the god. If it's physical, and it is, I think the idea here is that even idolatry that is an homage to the real god is still an idol. Right. right? He well, shouldn't have any physical. I mean, yes and no, because obviously he has this like whole fucking temple adorned with gold and yada, yada, yada. But like in general, the small folk shouldn't be having, they can't own a piece of God. Is that what it's about? Is that the temple is this ginormous rich mansion that's covered in gold and that's fine. Even though God doesn't. It's centralization of power. Right. right? Even though God doesn't have a physical form, but does have a territory. You know, uh, that's his house. But he doesn't live there, but that's his house. And if someone's like, all right, well, I'm going to make a small little mock house so I can pray in my home. He's like, no. It's the same as the Catholics making all scripture in Latin, a dead language. Like God's like, I'm everywhere, but I'm also not in your living room. You got to come to my place if you want to worship. That's right. You don't. 
because it back then it's as important as like being like it's it's like I got it. It's like how modern day Republicans are like, well, I'm a constitutionalist. You know, they're they're trying to say like I I hold to the uh, the reins of power, which is the for them is the constitution, like it's some sort of fucking holy, like it's some unassailable document, right? Uh, that it is a religion in a way, and so that if you're the one that holds that, if you're the one that that has the uh, the relic of power, the religious relic of power, you're also not only are you the religious king, you're the physical ruler. So I think that. Uh, that's kind of how we do this today in our own little weird way. Mm. I'd like to think about that more, but we won't do that now. <laughs> um, but as a result, he trusted in God, so God helped him win some battles against the Philistines, and that was cool, and he's powerful, and blah, blah, blah. He's a good king. That's, that's fine. Yeah. So it says that Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, and there was no one among all the kings of Judah before him or after him, no one like him. So he is the best. I guess he's better than David, almost. Because um, he doesn't, he doesn't fucking do the sense. Yeah, we of don't have any weird David-like raping people. Whatever. He just he just goes to war, wins some wars, removes some pillars. It does seem like a, I mean, whatever. I guess it is a Bible, so I would expect there to be a, a distinct focus on religious uh, conflict. But if like, is there nothing else going on at this time that every king is just a back and forth on whether or not these pillars, like if this was like Congress and all they did was fight over whether or not to have the 10 commandments in front of a church, uh, in front of a, a courthouse, you'd be like, you guys yeah. don't have anything better to do. Like there isn't some legislation on like making school more affordable or subsidizing lunches that we keep fighting over this bullshit that doesn't actually matter. Is that, you know, it just seems weird. Yeah. That's, that seems to be it definitely. It definitely sucks. It seems to me that their only accomplishments are whether or not these poles are there or not there or the high places exist or not. You know, just find something better to do that's with your time. A, yeah, that's all it takes to be a good king right. is to have taken down the poles. But um, here's what happens. He's successful in everything he does. All right. So if you remember, I think his dad, Ahaz, uh, made Judah a tributary state to Assyria. Was that his dad or was that his grandpa or something? There was... I think it was Ho- I think state. it was Hosea was the one that was like we are a tributary state but no, we're no, not that's... going to pay them we're going to ally with Egypt. No, Hosea is Israelite. This is Judea. Mm. One of the Jude- one of Judah's kings made them subservient. I think it was Ahaz. Yeah, cuz King Ahaz is the one who brought in the new Assyrian altar. He went to Damascus he met with the king of Assyria. He he jotted down that like picture of their of their altar and made it the new altar in Jerusalem, in place of the of God's altar. Remember that? Hmm. You can uh, just say it's, yes. Uh, well, it's two kings sixteen, right? Yeah. Look at the end of sixteen. King Ahaz cut off the side panels of the basin. Blah 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 blah. He made it so that uh, the Assyrian god kind of took over. In, in Jerusalem, in Judah. So Hezekiah is not only. I don't know if that meant they were a like, vassal state. I think he just was like, yeah, our God sucks. Let's no, get a one that works. Before that, he became a vassal state. He sent uh, messengers to Tiglath Pileser and said, I'm your servant and vassal. Come and save me out of the hands of Syria and the king of Israel. 
Because this is when <sighs> this is when Israel and Syria teamed up and attacked. Okay, Judah. I guess I guess and, the difference is that yes, the Assyrian king Tiglath Pileser. Uh, Ahaz said him, I am your servant and your son. I didn't see vassal, but it... It says vassal in my Bible. Uh, but they, they're definitely a vassal state of Assyria right now, which is why they're copying their religion. They're sending them all the... Remember all the silver they sent them? Right. Like, he sent all the fucking money ever So I guess, I guess at this point, Judah has been essentially a vassal state to Assyria because they needed Assyria to help them wipe out Israel. Yes, right. and Syria. Right. So at this point... So Ahaz, that was Hezekiah's dad, basically bent the knee to these godless fucking heathens who also were pretty smart and did have gods, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and he, he, he says, basically, we're not doing this anymore. He gets rid of all the old fake god bullshit. He assumably get, presumably gets rid of all the fucking new uh, Assyrian god shit, writes the temple I'm imagining, and um, basically rebels. So he says, no, fuck this. Um, so in his fourth year, which is the seventh year for Hosea, that's when the Assyrians do what we just talked about in chapter 17. So he's down in Judah, right? He's at, uh, previously his country of Judah has allied with Assyria. Assyria comes down, wipes out Samaria. Okay. They start deporting all the Israelites like we just talked about. They're deporting them to like Syria and bringing in these new people. And so he's kind of down south, and those are still his people. So that's got to be a little weird, right? Like, imagine if you're in South Carolina, and, like, you look up at North Carolina, and Maryland is, like, killing all of them for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. I hope that doesn't come down to us. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's it's whatever. So anyway, um, so now now we're caught up, and in the 14th year of King Hezaziah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. So I, I, I'm not quite sure if I'm following exactly why, I, other than what you say that like Judah, Hezekiah is like, you know what? I'm a big boy. I'm not going to follow my dad's mistakes. I'm cutting ties with Assyria. Eat my ass. And Assyria's like, okay. Yeah. I mean, we just uh, kicked the shit out of uh, ten tribes of Israel. I'm pretty sure we can do the last two like it's nothing. Yeah, so well, it's a new king, right? Yeah. So uh, what's his name is out. Uh, what the fuck was his name? Uh, uh, so Shalmaneser, who the guy that took over Israel, he's out. There's a new king named Sennacherib, uh, and he basically, I think, you know, you become a, you become the new king of a giant empire like Assyria. You got to kind of go around and sweep up whatever your dad starting a war does boost your numbers in the polls by like thirty percent. Yeah, so. so he goes down to Judah, who previously was a vassal state under that guy's dad. So he goes down there. He's like, hey, you know, your dad was my dad's vassal. You're kind of going astray now and following your God again. I'm going to kick your ass, you know, make a make a big show of it. So he begins attacking every fortified city of Judah and capturing them one at a time. Just boom, 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 knocking them out. Um, I don't even know what cities those would be, but they're there. It, it, it's pretty badass. So. Assyria is now officially on the war with Judah. They start sacking their cities, and they show up at an aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the Foolish I'm not quite sure what it means. It sounds like they've captured Jerusalem's water supply. Roughly. Right. Yeah. And so that ends up making um, Hezekiah, who, okay, let's remember, Hezekiah, best king ever, most godly. Doesn't break any rules. Got the power of God and anime on his side. Exactly. 
But here he is getting his ass kicked by Assyria as if he was the worst of the worst. All right? Right. Doesn't do anything. To, as far as I can tell, nothing to defend himself. Uh, um, doesn't win any battles. As reward for making Judah uh, great religiously again. pure. And, uh, yeah, I said Yeah, that. great again. And removing the shackles from Assyria. As reward for that, Assyria comes in there and kicks the absolute shit out of them. Um, and yep, it, no God. It, it gets kind of ballin'. Because essentially the Assyrian king shows up to uh, J- Judah and is like, who the fuck do you guys think you're fucking with? Like, look at how far you've fallen. You are weak and pathetic. And the fact that you're going to Egypt, which sucks now, thinking that you could defend against me with that is terrible. Well, not to sidetrack you, but I do want to at least point out real quick mm-hmm. that before that happens, before he starts dabbing on him, mm-hmm. uh, Hezekiah paid him to stop killing oh, him. Right. He paid him. 11 tons of silver and one ton of gold, which, by the way, a ton of gold is nearly 1% of all the gold on the planet. <laughs> so, fun to think about. Right. Uh, anyways. But continue. whatever. So, I mean, the point is the city don't give a shit. But they give away all the fucking everything. They give them everything. So, at that point, like you said, the king of Assyria comes to town. He's meeting basically with all of Hezekiah's uh, cabinet, Right. So you've got, like, the high priest, the money guy, the captain of the guard, what have you. And that's when he starts just going through how much the is, the Jews suck, basically. And, and if I'm trying to understand this, like, Assyria rolls up to Judah and is like, listen, you guys, uh, now look. You are trusting in the staff of this broken reed Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. So, like, Assyria is like, listen, Egypt sucks ass. We could kick the yeah, shit out of them if we the felt old. like it. Yeah. Right. So, I guess Egypt, you know, it's it's like, uh, it's one of the major powers of the time. Egypt is, is a big deal. You know, the Israelites are these little silly kids caught in the middle. You know, so the Egypt used to be... Uh, they, you know, not that long ago, Egypt was con- conquering southern Israelite cities, blah, blah, blah. Now you've got Assyria coming in from the north, the other bully. And so he's saying, you know, you've, be- you've made friends with the Egyptians to stay safe. Not anymore. You know, they're not going to protect you from us. It, so um, it, it is kind of weird. I, I kind of want you to read it because my part's really confusing. And I'm surprised we don't have like a Googleization about this. Do you want me to just read the speech that he does? Yeah. Re- read the speech. Th- this is from a messenger from Assyria speaking yeah. to the wall at Judah. So he's like it's yelling at the people, kind of dabbing on them. Yeah. So he says, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have the counsel and the might for war. But you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you rebel against me? Look, I know you are depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. So yeah, you lean on him, he hurts you. It sucks. But if you say to me, we are depending on the Lord of our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar in Jerusalem? So that shows, real quick, that shows that Assyrians uh, fundamentally don't understand this one God thing, I think, right? So they see Hezekiah cleaning up all the, like, house gods, side god shit, and they're like, wait, why is he uh, getting rid of their gods? You know, they see the... um 
practice of worship on like the civilian level as an important part. Whereas for the Israelites, it's very centralized and you want to keep it. And the whole, the whole titular idea of priests controlling and regulating and doing the sacrifice is a sign of, I guess, devotion to God. So it is kind of a weird, it's a weird take, but continue. So he, he goes on, come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. I guess that's a joke. I don't well, know. I, it's kind of like, because I think the next thing is he's like, how then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chairs and horses? So he's like, listen, I'll even give you the horses if you can even find guys to ride them. You know, and if you can't even beat the lowest of the low, like just one captain of this entire major nation, what are you guys even doing? Yeah, this is uh, this has very, very specific late 90s Ford versus Chevy guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like it's like I will even give you weapons if you even had people to fight them and you still couldn't beat just one fraction of this army. Yeah, yeah. So he's basically like. Uh, has a Calvin pissing on the Chevy logo sticker <laughs> and he's Ford. So it, it's very stupid, but he's like, Oh, we're better than Egypt. Blah, blah. You can't, the Lord himself could march against me. I'll, I'll take, I'll take his ass out. Um, so basically this is the funny part. The cabinet of has of Hezekiah that's sitting here listening says to him, they're like, dude, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Stop. They're like, they're like, listen, speak in Aramaic, not Hebrew. All these people on the wall behind us are going to hear you. Don't speak in the language they speak. We know like your foreign tongue talking that so that they're not getting demoralized. And this is fucking badass. The commander from the Assyrian king says to them, do you think that I'm just here for your master to hear this? He's like, no, let the people hear it. Fuck you. They deserve to know what their king is doing to them with his fucking stubborn ass bullshit. It's very good class analysis, honestly. Like, this, these are good people, the Assyrians. Right. I'm going to say it. Like, he's saying, look, we don't need this bullshit war. Let us be your fucking king on high, right? You can still run it however you want. Yeah. But, like, don't sacrifice your men against us for no... Let, like, let- they... They're the ones that are going to die in battle. Those people up on the wall, they deserve to hear Like this. the king in Judah is like, yes, and listen, I get that you're not going to pay for the wall, but you can't just go around saying you're not going to pay for the wall. <laughs> it makes me look bad. But it, it is kind of yeah. an interesting thing that his whole point is like, hey, what, like, Assyria is like, what are you fucking idiots doing? Your king, Hezekiah, is telling you, hey, don't worry about Assyria. Put your faith in God. And Assyria is like, God ain't going to save you. Stop that. Yeah. Just submit. Your God is a fucking shitty God. And if you'll just come off that wall, open the gates, and play ball, you'll everyone will be much happier. He, he says something so interesting here to me. He says, so they're under siege, right? As Cole mentioned, uh, the, the aqueduct has been basically cut off from the city. They're not getting any food or water in. And, and as these... Uh, counselors, these rich men are sitting here saying, Hey, don't, don't let the people over. Don't let the small folk over here. Hear you. He says, aren't they having to eat their own shit and drink their own piss? Just like you. He literally says that he's like, they're on they're They are being affected by the decisions that you guys make as rulers. Don't cut them out of this. It's point. It's poignant. It's actually 
it's good. <laughs> like this is this is so much more considerate than anything we've seen out of a single fucking Israelite ruler. It, it is it um, is a weird dab that it's in the Bible, and I mean, I think I think the next chapters um, will counter this, or at least provide a foil to it. But the point sure. is, is that. Assyria is like, listen, we are kicking your ass. Your God won't save you. Your good king who's saying put faith in the, you know, Yahweh is full of shit. We have taken your water supply. You have no more, uh, water to, um, irrigate your crops. You will all die. And why should you? For some God that doesn't give a shit about you when our gods are obviously better because we're the ones kicking your ass. <laughs> 